Hi, everyone, and welcome back to High T Hoops. High T Hoops. We're back with another great interview today. Here yep. with Brian, as always. Brian, Hello. how's it going? Hello, it's going great. Can't wait for today's interview. Super excited. Nice. So let's introduce our guest. We have the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Martin Diane on the show today. Martin, Martin how's it going? What's up? Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm excited to chat to you both. Absolutely. Requested so through Twitter. To have you. We're like, who should we interview? And everyone's like, you got to get Martin on the pod. He's in demand. I'm, I'm on it. To I'm be fair, it. I've been saying we needed to get you on the pod for a while. True. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm either way, I'm flattered. very <laughs> delight, delighted to chat to you both because you're both doing, I'm say this on the record, doing an amazing job on IT. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Creating and the collaboration and stuff has just been brilliant. So yeah. Thank to, you. To so I'm sure a bunch of people in the, you know, British basketball scene already know you, but for the people who don't, do you want to just start with giving them a little bit of your background? Sure. Yeah, we're not. Um, so yeah, for some it's quite surprising because not many people <laughs> are born and, and, and still live in London. Um, and uh, yeah, so I live in Northwest London, um, went to school here, I went to university in Birmingham, so about an hour just north of, of London, uh, depending on how quickly you're driving there. And, um, and from, uh, you know, I've, I've been working in PR and communications for over 10, 10 years now, but over the past, say, four to five years, I've really started getting more involved in basketball. I've always been involved in some respect. You know, I played as a little kid and my friends were like, what is this game that you're playing? <laughs> it's quite rare, right? And you meet a few other kids on the basketball court and that's how you get into it. Um, and then I played at uh, school. I was kind of like my school captain and then played a little bit at university. And then I've just kind of more and more increasingly become involved in the game and in the whole community as well. Nice. So we're always super interested in what kind of got people into basketball in the first place in the UK, because like you said, it is kind of rare to play the play the game. So, you know, were you were you watching NBA on TV? Did you have, you know, an older brother, an older cousin who was playing? What kind of got you into it? Okay, so there's there's probably about there's probably three things, three predominant things that got me into it. So the first thing is um, my brother and I used to play football in the back garden mm-hmm. and he used to put me in goal and he would always kick the ball at me. And, <laughs> uh, he was like, classic. Needs, well, he was like, yeah, everyone needs a, everyone needs a goalie. But I think <laughs> kick the ball in my face. I think that's really it. And, that's absolutely um, it. As an older brother. Yes, that is <laughs> the reason. It, right. Yeah. And so he would kick the ball at me and I'd be able to catch it, which is all good. Kicking it back was a different matter. I couldn't really kick straight. No left leg, no left foot. And, um, but my sister had a netball hoop in the back. So when my brother would go back in, I would then take whatever the ball was, football, netball, basketball, whatever it was, and actually shoot it into the hoop. And that was like one of the things that really got me into playing the game. Um, And from there, actually, my dad and I actually built a hoop and a backboard, put it up at the front together. Mm -hmm. And and that was me doing kind of like crazy shots from from you know the front drive and from the road and parents <laughs> mm-hmm. and be breaking windows and stuff so that that was the first thing the um the second thing was yeah there was there was some some stuff on tv so mm-hmm. at that point i think there was a production company called chrysalis or something and they had a channel four program um which was like an nba wrap-up program mm-hmm. and that was kind of how a lot of us were consuming nba content at that time and yeah. also you know trying to order random 
tapes or whatever it might have been, <laughs> might have been from uh, from abroad. Um, so watching that as well, um, and it's really funny because recently I commented to Beverly Turner, who was the presenter of that show, mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I said, you know, it's great what you're doing, but we really want NBA content. And she came back <laughs> and she was like, those were early days, but thanks very much. And then all <laughs> like, yeah, we want you back, and blah blah. Um, so that was really cool because it was absolutely kind of integral to. Yeah, understanding and learning the game, which was really cool. And then the third thing was um, my parents took us, you know, I was very lucky. My parents took us uh, to Orlando when we were kids, obviously. Nice. And, um, you know, Orlando were a big team. And yeah. Was, you know, is this the Penny, the Penny era? Yeah. Shaq era? Penny, Shaq era, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, that was amazing. And for an English kid that kind of liked basketball, that kind of knew about it, to then be in Orlando and see everything magic this like it was all yeah. about the team at that point and um and i just loved it like i absolutely loved it and i came back home and i remember asking my parents if i could get a basketball cap if i get like a baseball cap um orlando magic one and i remember at first they refused because probably because they just spent so much money taking us over to Orlando. <laughs> yeah but then but then um they surprised me when we went to a market and they bought me a cap an orlando cap and that's amazing like, yeah and so from then on, it was like, I'm an Orlando fan. I'm going to try and follow these guys, get more uh-huh. into basketball. And then I want to play. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah. And that was when I was young. And then I kind of demanded that they took me to a basketball club. And then I just kind of played from there. So, yeah, it was um, probably those those three things are like the most. I think yeah. that's our first netball entry. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, which is a good crossover. Yeah. Hey, hey. I mean, like it was there. My sister didn't play on it too much, but, you know, the hoop was there. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And how old so were do you? you? Oh, well, when, when I first started? started getting, when I first started getting into basketball, I was probably about eight. Okay. That's, eight, oh, that's like the, that's pretty early. the prime age. Yeah. A lot of people are like 17, 16. And it's like, Oh, like if, if everyone started a little bit earlier, like the talent yeah, that right. could come out of the UK would be incredible. Well, when I got into school, um, we had an American basketball coach called Mr. Canny and he was an amazing, amazing coach. I mean, he made us run like, crazy it was like two months of basketball but with no basketball you know what I mean yeah it was like conditioning been there we've all had that coach oh man I mean like those suicides after after summer holidays yeah you're gonna die after that so um (laughs) that's why they call them suicides so basically uh yeah he, he he was a really great coach and what was funny was that he was kind of asked do you want to build a basketball team and I'm there as like one of the only kids that kind of liked the game and enjoyed it so it was kind of we kind of build a relationship straight away because he's like oh my god there's someone that actually likes this yeah. game <laughs> so um so yes yeah, so that was that was that was great and a really good way of kind of building you know on the passion for it I suppose and being yeah. able to play properly you know like intra-school games and stuff we got killed but it was still fun to play <laughs> yeah so yeah so that, that's that's really the start of it I suppose yeah do yeah. you still support the magic today <sighs> yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I just wanted to check. Yeah, yeah it's that's... a tough one. How about how about you both? I'm a Pistons fan, so I'm with you. It's just tough days out here. Nuggets. At least oh. you have championships, Skylar. Yeah, it's true. We haven't even been to the finals, Martin. Yeah, yeah I can remember yeah. championships, which is great. But we have Jokic. We have Jamal. We have a grid team, so I'm excited now. But yeah, it's been a, a rough go of it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been tough. But hey, look, I mean, last playoffs, you guys did well. So 
That mm-hmm. was electric. Great for high T hoops yeah. content to have the Nuggets actually do well in the playoffs. Oh, I believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I believe that for sure. And then just endless suffering for Skylar on the Pistons side. But moving on to a new topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've talked to a lot of different players about hooping in the uh, in the states and going and playing mm-hmm. D1 or D2, D3, um, and wanting to go over to the AAU scene and kind of get into the college basketball scene here uh, in the yeah. states. But we haven't heard many people who actually played hoops in uni in the UK. So what was that experience like? Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't first team or anything, put it that way. Um, so I don't even know what does first team even mean. Help, help people who don't know anything about like hoops at in in UK unis. Uh, in in the in the relevance of, uh, I mean, it's I w- well, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even try to compare to div like div one or two or anything like that. <laughs> but um, you know, it was like a, it was like an A and a B team, put it that way for me. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, kind of like NBA and G League. <laughs> But for anyone that's listening to this or watching at any point, like it's not comparable to NBA or G League. I just like to throw out. <laughs> I, like, think there's some, a, I think there's an understanding there. <laughs> yeah, right. Although there are some amazing, but like to be fair, like we, we had some amazing games like uh, against, you know, and when we were watching the first team play and training with them as well, some of those players were incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Honestly, you know, the, the, what's interesting is that you really got to see at a different level the kind of talent there is. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get to that level, you know, obviously when you're on a, on a court or anything like that, or we're talking street ball, I mean, obviously I like, I love, I love that too. But then when you're playing a structured game at, you know, either kind of high level or just high school, you know, at school for us or, or at university it is slightly different. I mean, yeah. we didn't, we weren't traveling too much. We weren't doing a huge amount, but it was, you know, it was an attempted version of an organized game. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what was the time commitment like? Is it like 40 hours a week, like in D1? Are you like, is it kind of a part-time thing? What is it like yeah, actually like I mean, competing? I'd love to be able to talk to university squads and actual teams that played, but a Birmingham B team wasn't, it wasn't exactly as uh, as hardcore as that. You know, <laughs> it was, you know, it was um, you know, we'd be trading, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was 40 hours a week, but we'd train like a few nights a week and, and then have our All games right. on the weekend maximum. That sounds amazing though. I would, yeah, I would nice. oh, to get that again after I haven't played in like nine months because sure. of the pandemic. So man, a couple nights a week. It like a really times. nice like uni experience. Whereas like sure. you talk to D1 players and like, I mean, they're experiencing amazing things, but they, they fully have a job yeah. as well as yeah. having to go to school, which yeah. it doesn't end up sounding that, that fun. It's not honest. fun. You have yeah. to really, really love basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I believe you really, you, if you're going to play at that level, you really need to take it to that level for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was very lucky because I managed to go to UCLA for a year. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of a Bruin at heart. And um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I was playing in, um, there's the John Wooden Recreation Center. Yeah. And there's just three courts adjacent to each other and you've just mm-hmm. got games constantly going. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's Martin, amazing? you're hurting my feelings right now. <laughs> <laughs> like the nostalgia is just coming up. Yeah, right. Well, tell me about it. And, you know, it was an incredible experience, but yeah. what was it, what was really interesting is, you know, we were playing like some, you know, classic pickup games on this, on, but on these beautiful courts. But they're electric. Mm-hmm. John Wooden pickup games. Are you kidding? Like oh, everything's yeah, yeah. on the line. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Like it was really cool. Yeah. And basically, in um, it, when I was just kind of going and I was just playing, there were two things that happened which were really interesting. The first one is that no one could understand my name because <laughs> because when I say Martin, no one really hears it properly. So a lot of people yeah. were like, "I come on the court," and people would be like, "Hey, like 
I'm Tom or Tim, whatever. <laughs> I love name? your American accent already. Yeah, that was a great accent. And they say, hey, like, I'm gonna, I'm only gonna do this a couple times, but they said, um, I don't want to kind of um, upset any of your American listeners, but ah, you know, fuck them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many. <laughs> and they're like, hey, Martin. Uh, they're like, hey, hey, man. What, what, hey, they're like, hey, what's, what's your name? I'm like, oh, and then like, oh, it's Martin. And so they go to shake my hands, and they stopped before they shake my hands, just at that one point, just as they're about to shake it. And they go, what? <laughs> I'm like, it's Martin. And they're like, Melvin. And so the variations that I had on my name include, um, hey, what's your name? I'm Tim. And I'm like, oh, it's Martin. And they go, oh, Melvin. So Melvin. <laughs> I've had Morton. Um, the one of the one of the ones I had was Molten, in which place I was. I was like, yes. Like, like yeah. yes molten um and and like the basketball and um and then the last one i had was um this guy he's like hey man what's up i'm ryan and i'm like oh yeah i'm martin he's like moses um, and <laughs> yeah it sounds like I'm, a martin like it's yeah, such, like right. it's so the american pronunciation man right so so in the end i actually ended up like kind of going to like gay like playing pickup and also going to jumbo juice and just making up names and saying oh yeah my name's utah or yeah. Like I would just make up states and just like say that's my name. Well, I love that's so funny going like when Skylar went to Kings, uh, just saying Skylar like at Starbucks and having anyone try to figure out what Skylar's name is in the UK <laughs> is yeah. a hilarious experience. I yeah, I had a very serious or I had a very similar experience when I was in the UK because Skylar's a very American name, which I found out. I didn't really know that before, and. Sure. I'd go to Starbucks and I would say my name and they just, they, they would be like, what? And they, I, they'd start to, I have pictures of all my cups. Cause you'd see them start to try to spell it on the cup. And a lot of times they'd give up halfway through or I got like, I got scallion. I got, I got Cinderella. I got wow. Scarlet. Like they were wild. And so okay. I did the same thing. I started saying different you, names. You feel the pain. You feel the yeah. pain. Yeah. So, so that was, I mean, really, that was kind of my first experience of playing pickup in on those courts. But the second thing, which was incredible, was on occasion, the players for the team would actually, would actually come onto the courts, which was yeah. amazing. So they would, they would run, they would just have runs on the courts. And basically what would happen is everyone would just stop playing. Yeah. Because they just want to watch them. They just want to watch them ball. And so that was that was an amazing experience just to see the quality. And, you know, I didn't I wasn't lucky enough to see NBA players, but I, I knew that they were on campus. I knew they were training as well. Yep. So yeah, just the whole atmosphere was just incredible. So, yeah, amazing times. Very different. to, oh, to Very play. nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's fun. shift a little bit towards your actual work in basketball. Um, so tell us a little bit about the GG three by three tournament. Close enough. Close enough, 3x3. 3x3, okay. I was saying 3x3 three three all morning, and I was like, this isn't, it doesn't sound right, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to keep it. saying it. Um, of measurement, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how it got started. Uh, you also put on clinics, right? Tell us everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so four years ago, a friend of mine, George, passed away. Uh, oh. Five years ago, uh, passed away from cancer, and we were teammates. We met when we were 12 years old on a basketball court. Oh, and man. so in, yeah in 2016 like he was a young guy who was just kind of really just getting to a really good place in career and life and stuff mm. um, so sad yeah and he was he was married for a year as well um oh. so yeah so it was uh you know it's a pretty horrific um july and um and basically what happened was you know we we had this absolute mutual appreciation and love for the game 
And so, you know, the NBA All-Star game would would play. And obviously over here in the UK, it's at a ridiculous time. Yeah. And it's just stupid. Or he had a projector and we would just, we would play 2K and yeah. we would just play all night on the projector until the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And then we just watch all night and we would just... <laughs> talk about how good or bad the players were and constant stuff compete like when we were young about slam basketball collections and all that stuff mm-hmm. of which i actually just recently found um my, my parents asked me to remove a whole bunch of stuff from my room because <laughs> converting it into a gym or something and um and and i basically found all this stuff like all these old slam magazines and stuff like that that's and amazing look brian i'm all about the nostalgia too right so <laughs> oh yeah the skybox, the slam, the '90s oh, basketball, man. NBA. Just, oh, love it! Just everything. All of that stuff is incredible. And the covers are incre- yeah. incredible. So anyway, so um, so unfortunately that happened, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, I kind of felt a little bit of a void because he's mm-hmm. he was really my like one true basketball buddy, if you like. You know, mm-hmm. you always kind of have that that maybe that individual, that one or two or three people that you really talk about the game you know and he statistically he was like incredible like he just knew everything yeah so an amazing mind and um you know i love i love the game so um we used to play for years every tuesday night um at a school called jfs in northwest london and i just thought to myself i gotta do something like i gotta run gotta run something in his memory whatever it is Uh and um i did a bunch of research and i spoke to a whole bunch of people um, whilst I had this idea, which included people like Sam Nita at Hoops Fix, yep. had a chat with him, um, had a chat with Julius at Ball Out, um, mm-hmm. I had a chat with, he was great, um, I, had a, I had a chat with just a whole, whole load of people just to say like, I kind of want to do this properly, I don't just want to botch it together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one guy who was running something, um, he ran something in the States but was now living over here was running something relatively similar in memory of friends. And so we had a really in-depth chat about what's the best way to do it. And really it all just came down to just put it on and make sure the tournament's really fun and energetic and that it's just yeah. constantly going, you know, like players just want to play like, and you know, maybe a bit of music, maybe a bit of food. So yeah, so in the first year I put together what was then called the GG3V3. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's the George Goldstone, that was his name, the George Goldstone Charity Basketball Tournament or the GG3X3, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and we had, I had my friend Paul who runs a function band and he was the DJ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a charity event, um, I said to him, hey, look, we need like a good hip hop playlist, right? Like we need a yeah. good playlist for this thing. He's like, I got it, I got it. The moment that NWA comes on, <laughs> You need to like, you need to cut that stuff right now. Like <laughs> a charity family event. <laughs> so anyway, so um, so that was really funny. A few a few lessons learned with that. But anyway, yeah, we had we had like you know between ten and twelve teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some like banners created. Uh, everyone was really supportive. We had a bit of food and stuff. And the primary the primary kind of goal of that was always do it in George's name, do it in his mm-hmm. honor have something that's really fun. We had amazing prizes to give away to raise money as well. And um, and we just, yeah, raised money and put on this tournament. And it just went so well that afterwards, even though I was exhausted, mm-hmm. um, loads of people were like, when are you doing it again? Yeah. <laughs> and, and at that point, 
I was thinking to myself, yeah, okay, well, I kind of knew I wanted to anyway. So, but now I've yeah. had the now I've had the, the vindication from players that really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, proof um, of concept. Yeah, exactly. So, the second year we held it at the same place. Um, very short story about that, but on the Sunday was when we meant to run it. And on the Friday night, I get a call and they said that the uh, people that are putting in a new flooring have drilled into pipes into the court. Ooh. And, that, and then my court is flooded. Um, so Water um, polo. Yeah. <laughs> Switch See, over. Seriously. Like, I mean, I'm, I know you guys have, you know, are really involved in the basketball scene, but you know when things just don't necessarily go your way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not the basketball scene or your career. And I'm just there on a Friday evening. I get this call in. And I was going around to my parents to have dinner. And I remember the phone calling and the woman saying, hey, Martin, um, I'm like, hey, what's up? Can't wait to see you on Sunday. Everything's ready. Volunteers, banners, <laughs> teams are ready to go. And oh. she's like, I'm really sorry, but um, you don't have a basketball court. And they're like, mm-hmm. So on the Saturday, I went to Costco. I bought four basketball hoops. And a whole load of volunteers came Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And we built the courts outside. Wow. Oh God, that's amazing. Yeah, we, we got tape. Uh, we taped it out. We got measure, measuring like things. We had like a group of people building the hoops. I had like, um, you know, so like, I had people like Dean, like Ginger Shack, right? Yeah, and yeah. And those guys, Shugs and those guys with my dad building that. And then I had a hot, I mean, just like it was. That's it amazing. Was pretty, it was pretty crazy. And whilst they're building the court, we're then running our very first kids clinic at the same mm-hmm. time on a separate court. And I'm like running between two on, <laughs> on the hottest day of the year. <laughs> it was mad, but also incredible. incredible. That's magical. That would be yeah. incredible. Yeah. Just like true community effort, bringing everything together. It really was. It really was. I mean, that's, and that's really, you know, I've always said that the GG383 and kind of like what the, the whole kind of entity represents there's three things right we raise money for cancer charities and just charities that really need it in george's honor um grow grow the game and grow grassroots basketball and then mm. the third thing is just kind of unite communities and like what better way than a, a crazy yeah. challenge mm-hmm. than to like that. so yeah and then after that it kind of grew and we had two levels of men's and then the third year we held it at university of east london so changed the venue made it much much bigger Mm-hmm. Um, had some sponsors, flew in Jordan Sutherland from Atlanta for nice. a dunk contest, and he competed against uh, Joel Henry and Ryan Lee from France. The Royal, uh, what is he, the Royal Guard or something? On, on, the Royal, on, Guard. On the Royal right. Guard. Man, his videos are incredible. He is, he's awesome. He jumps and, over people, Skylar, and yeah, grabs I've the ball them. off the top of their head. It's unbelievable. It's insane. Just phenomenal athleticism and just so, and he works super hard. And we had yeah. always been chatting, always been chatting. And um, the guys over at Dunk Elite um, mm-hmm. have been amazingly supportive even since day one. And so we were like, can we, can we make this happen with Joel? Mm-hmm. And he came over and, you know, we, I'm, I'm proud to say, and I think not too bad would say like, you know, that was probably the best UK Dunk contest we've had in a long, long time. Love it. For sure. Sure. That's amazing I mean, to hear. Your love of the all-star games transferring over. Yeah. You, know, you love oh, to have that energy. Cool. Well, the reality is like, you just want to create something that you want to see. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, get the put, people put going. Together. Make it get the people going. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's it. That's it. So, um, you know, we had food stalls outside. We had uh, a women's tournament, men's elite, men's challenge. 
uh, raffles, prizes, you know, Pro Direct got involved, Nike got involved, the NBA store got involved. Um, you know, we had always board that provided jerseys for the dunkers. It was just, it was like a real, it was a massive effort, but mm-hmm. it really, it really kind of grew the level. Like we really raised the level for this, yeah. for this event. Um, yeah. But the, but the reality is it's always been about the community too. So that's mm-hmm. why I was so keen to do the clinics as well. Like mm-hmm. coach the kids, do stuff in the community as well. And that's, that's really what it's about. And, and you just did one at the Regal, right? Yeah, we did one in October just before the second lockdown. I had two coaches, um, uh, Joe and Afiz, Way to Work and Jump for Health. They came along, did it at the Regal. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, an amazing day. You know, mm-hmm. Nike was very very lucky and you know we were lucky because they just provided free basketballs for every kid mm-hmm. oh. and so we handed them out they signed their ball they trained with it and then they get to you know they get to take it home yeah. there's nothing so, kids love more than free balls it's, it's unbelievable it's true. yeah it's, it's true. um like it's it, it's an amazing experience just to see them grab like this yeah. really cool free basketball and um yeah yeah so so it's been um yeah, it's been, it was it was a really really good experience to be able to do that. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, That's amazing, was, and that you you know just had this idea and then you know just built it yourself. It's amazing. It's well, that's, an incredible know, story. Yeah, I mean, like that's it's kind of how I feel generally about stuff in life, but also about the game and basketball mm-hmm. in the UK. You know, and and in particular, I should I should say that Jason Henley at Regal was just yeah, Jason's great. Life. Yeah. His view about the community is just so open. Oh man. He, he's, he's one of the first people we spoke to when we started Haiti Hoops. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 Jason is, is an absolutely fantastic human being in general, but it just so happens that he's also a big, like amazing human being that loves the game. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, we've, we've built up a, like a really, a really nice friendship and, um, and, and that's also how it happened. But, but yeah, in answer to your question, um, yeah, the way I see it is you you can't just expect things to happen. Yeah. Got to build it. What are you doing this year? Hopefully oh, vaccines come out late summer, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, the, the, hopefully there's a bunch of opportunities. One thing I can't mention just yet. Okay. That's <laughs> but, fine. No, don't, don't reveal any secret information on this podcast. Yeah, we don't want to be liable for anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Now, one thing hopefully, which will be um, like a big collaboration which will be really cool. Mm-hmm. And that'll be revolving around the clinics and the idea of coaching kids. That's oh, amazing. Um, as, as long as the COVID restrictions allow. Yeah. yeah. Um, the tournament itself, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if again, if the restrictions allow, then we will have a women's tournament. We'll have two level for men challenge and elite, and we'll have a wheelchair tournament too. Amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, every year I want to raise the game. So yeah. So every time there's something else that we've done that either encourages more people to play, brings mm-hmm. more people together, or really just gives ballers an opportunity to, to play, right? That's yeah. really what it's about. Mm-hmm. Like people just desperate to play. So Martin, can you uh, can you help me convince Skylar to join one of these teams and play in the tournament? I've been trying to get her back into playing for years <sighs> now. Years, why, Skylar. Why haven't you played? Um honestly, this is a very honest answer, which I did not think I would say on this podcast. 
I'm just not willing to put in the work to get back in playing shape. I'm just not like I'll get into shape, but playing shape is just a it's whole a different other game. beast. Yeah. I just I don't think I'm willing to do it. Honestly, <laughs> we'll get you back into it, Skylar. It'll be a slow process. I haven't process, played but... in like ten years, and so I just know how much work I would have to put in, and it just you've played on our TikToks. Your shot is still there, <sighs> Brian. Okay. You just got to get I mean, those hip flexors fair, open tic- back the up. The TikToks are only seeing the good shots. <laughs> right, right. No, they're yeah, not. Uh, you make every shot. What are you talking I about? I make every shot. Yeah, uh, that's true. But what I will say is this, is that it's really fun. It's for a great cause. Yep. It's for the kids, Skylar. And, and it's for, hey, look, it's for the kids. It's for the it's whole for the kids. community. So like. You know, you can, it's, not, it's not just about you, you know, enjoying the game. You're like, do it for everyone else. It's yeah. not just about me. That's what I need to tell myself. Actually. Look at the kid in the eye and say, I'm not playing. I'm not supporting you. <laughs> I'm too to lazy. To I will not support you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. I think this podcast might be what convinces me. Yes, do it. Uh, do you want to dive into any of the cool, clinic sorry. stuff, Skylar? Or do you want to move topics? Let's let's move on to Project Swish because right, I've been dying it. to get into it. So sure. how about we just start with you telling us, you know, what is Project Swish and how did you get involved? So Project Swish is Basketball England's grassroots campaign mm-hmm. um, or kind of initiative, I suppose we should call it. And from my understanding, I mean, they can tell you in their kind of one word, probably a bit one sentence, a bit more eloquently than me. But from the way that I see it is that Project Swish is an initiative that really helps to promote grassroots basketball, whether mm-hmm. that is through um, regenerating courts, which is one of their kind of like big missions, mm-hmm. um, through to the the actual Project Swish campaign, which is when they were providing people with nets to put up on their home courts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how I see, that's how they describe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and in terms of kind of my own involvement, well, I've, I've seen them before and I saw it on kind of Instagram and some of the stuff that they were doing. And, you know, I, I love grassroots basketball. I love mm-hmm. community stuff. You know, that's really like, that's kind of my bread and butter stuff. So I saw that uh, me and my guy Scott went to a hoop and kind of put up a net in my local court, which happens to be on Iverson Road. And I was like, this is, this I, is have fate. <laughs> I have to put a net there. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And, um, and then I contacted Basketball England and I was like, look, I don't just want to do this in my hood. Like I, I want to, I want to do this all over London. And 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 I don't know if at first they thought I was being serious because mm-hmm. that is a project at yeah. heart. Um, and so I just, you know, I kind of presented the idea, mm-hmm. and I said, look, this is kind of how I would see it working. And we talked about it loads, and we talked about how it worked. And I just said, look, I'm going to put this video out there. Um, and we're just going to request for people to recommend courts for us to go to yep. all, mm-hmm. over, all over London. And, um, and they're like, all right, like, go for it. Good luck. And um, God, we had about 83 courts that were recommended um, across London to put up nets. Wow. And, um, and then my, my job was to essentially kind of sort through them and mm-hmm. go, okay, well, how do we do this? Now, originally, the idea was to just do it in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we were calling it the nothing but net 24 hour challenge yeah but then i realized that parks shut yeah and <laughs> i didn't really fancy like getting a whole team to climb over a fence yeah exactly yeah legally it's actually legally to, to get into a court um and so instead it ended up being let's do a day where we do north let's do a day where we do south and then mm. east and west and um and yeah and i you know we did 
whole loads and how many courts yeah. it seemed endless it did seem yeah endless. it went on for quite well the thing that what people don't realize is that we we had instagram requests either on the project swish or on the gg3s3 instagram page of people who were just like hey can you just come do this mm-hmm. yeah. and what you don't realize is that going to a court seeing whether they have the loops on or not yep. seeing mm-hmm. how much tape you tape you're going to need how many cable ties you're going to need like if it doesn't have hoops you've got to do both Yep. Yep. And we were making them super secure. So we were taping them first, then we were cable tying, and then we were taping. No matter what the weather was, no matter like you yeah. know mm-hmm. how hard it was to do it. And so we were saying that a minimum time spending on one hoop is about 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so people are like, hey, can you just come and do this? It was like, well, no. It takes time. Like we've got to structure this. We've got to work out how we're going to do it. So mm-hmm. each time we went out across London, I would try and pull together a group of people hopefully one of them has a vehicle maybe not <laughs> and then and then say look we're going to spend all day and so i would prepare the route the night before kind of having a, a general idea we put together what that route's going to be on a, like a route finder and then um over a period of about three months 14 volunteers all the different times came with me and we just spent the entire day so mm-hmm. in the morning i'd wake up i get all my supplies um, and what was amazing was that after the first one, uh, a relation of George messaged me and said, I want to help fund the rest of it. So, Oh, that's basketball, amazing. Yeah. So Basketball England were providing the nets and the equipment and promoting it on social and stuff. And we yeah. had it was an amazing collaboration with Basketball England. Those guys were amazing at Project Swish. Um, but then I got this message and he's like, what's your PayPal? And I was like, what? And he goes, <laughs> Excuse me, what? I was like, what? And he goes, what's your paper? And I was like, well, I, I don't understand. He's like, I just, I love it. Let me send you some money. And that allowed us to hire our cars. It allowed us to pay for everyone's lunch. Like it allowed me to like really take care of all the volunteers. Yeah. That were coming because some people were coming from Portsmouth to come and help. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, people were like coming from, you know, all over, not just from London to come and help do this. Uh, because it has this like incredible like feeling. When you put up a net, like, honestly, yeah. it's incredible. You put up a net on a hoop. First of all, that's that's an amazing in itself, right? To yes. like finally do that kind of thing. Then when you like shoot the first shot on a hoop, okay, that's an yeah. incredible feeling. <laughs> but when you're walking away or you're doing another hoop and you see a bunch of kids or you see mm-hmm. a group of people playing on that hoop, that's a that's a whole different feeling entirely. That's so amazing. It was it was really fun, really hard at times. You know, we were doing it in pouring rain in sometimes and yep. baking heat in others. Um, but the feedback and the vibe that we got from it mm-hmm. uh, was just just incredible. Someone said to me on a court on Hackney Downs in East London, he said, hey, why are you filming this? Are you getting paid for this? And I said, no. I said, no, man, we're, we're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. getting paid. He's like, yeah, but why are you doing this? And I didn't even answer, but one of the volunteers turned around and just said, we love the game. We want to help community. And yeah. I'm like, that's what it's about. Yes. Like, yeah. like, that's, that's the message. Well, it's so interesting, like us, you know, Skyline and I getting into UK hoops more, and I've spent the last couple of years going to London a lot, and it's hard to find pickup games. It's, it's hard to find good courts. They don't have often nets. And, you know, as you see on social media, people constantly complain that we don't have access to hoops with nets. And or yeah, if they yeah. see a hoop with a net, they're like, wow, where'd you find a hoop with a net in the UK? Yeah. Like that's like, it's a, it's a unicorn. <laughs> um, so it's, what, what do you think kind of the impact you talked about the kids playing 
what is the difference between, because it seems like a, such a small thing, maybe if you're not in the basketball community yeah. or in basketball so. of just having a net on a rim. But what do you think that shows to people and to uh, kids who are trying to play more hoops in the UK? Well, the, the way that I saw it was, you know, there, there are several benefits of doing what we were doing. So for me, it was about inspiring other people to put up nets too. I mean, I instantly got messaged by people in Oxford that want to do it across Oxford and another person that was across Cambridge. I don't know if they're uni students, but, um, but, but they were kind of desperate. So that was about kind of inspiring people to take care of their own home courts hmm. yeah. and not just rely on councils. So this always goes back to the same ethos of you just got to go and do it yourself, right? Yeah. So, so for one, I just wanted to inspire people to, to you know, get them motivated to go and do it. It's not hard. Get a ladder. Get your friends yeah. to come and help you up. Get some tape. Basketball England will provide all that stuff for you. You just got to yep. go and put the time in, right? So that was the first thing, just inspiring and motivating to people. In terms of actually having like hoops on, like having nets on hoops, um, someone said to me, why does it make a difference? And well, obviously it's like, first of all, like the sound of a swish is like nothing else, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying my shots are like that, but, you know, on the odd occasion <laughs> when I shoot a nice shot. Skylar knows. <laughs> She's a shooter. Yeah, see, Skylar, I've got to see this at the tournament. That's what I'm saying. All my shots go in. Okay. Yeah. No I've, one's ever I've seen never, a I've Skylar miss a shot. shot. I love it. I love it. Always, always 100 for 100. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, nothing like that sound when they're, when you hit the rim, when there's not a net on it, too. Just that ding. It's just yeah. like, ooh. Not that I would never say I've ever or, missed a shot, but or it goes in and it's just like there's no positive feedback loop. You're like, yeah, ah, all right. You're yeah. like, that was ugly. Okay. People are like, did that miss? And you're like, no, that went in. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so, so there's that element of that second element, which is all about kind of you know helping players play, right, and yep. enjoy mm-hmm. the game, enjoy the actual game itself. There is something different about seeing, like having a net. The third thing is what I was going to say, which is about seeing the net on the court, and this yep. is mm-hmm. this is different for both players and people that don't play. And this could be families on a basketball court. It could be anyone. But if you walk past a basketball court and they have some brand new fresh hoops, like fresher nets on a hoop, the general aesthetic of the court and the whole park changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think it's like too much to say that. I don't think it's too extreme to say that. But if you no. see nets on a hoop compared yeah. to a basketball court with no nets, it looks like it's being taken care of. It looks like somewhere I want to play. It looks like people so, care. It's like, exactly. oh, basketball is a thing. I think that's one of the biggest yeah. things is sure. it, this is basketball is for real. Like it is here. People play it. People care about it enough to take care of these courts. And yeah. it's not just this like tertiary or sport we don't even think about in the UK. It's actually being supported. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I think, um, you know, it just needs more people to kind of take care of their course, which is, again, something that I'm going to try and be pushing this year, which is kind of, you know, a bit of street ball home court um, yes. love, essentially. What breaks yeah. my heart though, Martin, is these pyramids of disappointment that are now on all of these rims where, oh, or they take the pyramids rims off of the pyramid, just these wooden pyramids of disappointment. And you went on, was it the BBC that you went on? Yeah, I went on BBC, yeah. Talk about that appearance where you're saying of the importance of actually leaving these things up. Yeah. Well, I mean, so basically what happened was some of the hoops people were sending, I mean, the social media was going crazy, right? So the yeah. whole basketball community was like sharing it going, this is absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. And, um, and eventually someone sent me some images of hoops that we put nets on that had been removed with net with hoops being removed. Or yeah. boxes on. And, um, and I was like, all right, that's the last straw. I was like, I'm not having that basically. <laughs> so, um, so fortunately because of my day job, I know how to, contact certain people in you know in 
casting. Love I it. didn't know I didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. I honestly didn't. But basically, the title of my email to them was "Save Our Hoops," and um, and you know they just love the community element of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to do it as part of a wider what sports aren't going to work, like what aren't ha- what you know what sports is um, yep. are not happening at the moment. What can you play? What can't you play? But eventually, once we started talking over the two the two week period, and I started sending them photos and images, and I told them about the backstory of Project Swish and the, the, the Nothing But Net London Challenge they were like, we're just going to do it on basketball. Amazing. Let's go. Because you just put (laughs) Um, them all up and then they took them all down. Or not all of them, but if you take them down after that whole initiative, it's just, it's such a heartbreaker. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, I said to them, look, you know, I would love to be able to talk about it. Um, I said, look, it doesn't need to be me. Like it could be anyone else in the community, but we're all feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. Would you be, would you be interested in running the story? And as usual, well, sometimes as usual, it was kind of like, yeah, maybe. And then a few days later, it was like, what are you doing tomorrow afternoon, like tomorrow morning on a basketball court? And I'm like, okay, I better grab all my stuff. <laughs> uh, um, let me plan something. Yeah, like, let me think about what I'm going to say. Um, and it was just, you know, it was, um, I would like to say it was an amazing experience. It was, it was, a, it was a great experience because I felt like we were really having our voices heard. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not the only slash. You know, I'm like one basketball fan essentially mm-hmm. that wants to make it grow in the UK, and really believes in everyone just getting the opportunity to play. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, that's what works. Like, you know, yeah. unfortunately with the pandemic and the seriousness of it, again, courts have been shut down. And yeah, you call the the the, the periods of dismay. Is that right? The pyramids, like, yeah. Oh, I like that better. Pyra- yeah, yeah. Pyramids oh, of I, dismay. I actually the pyramids of dismay or the pyramids of doom. I feel yeah, like, it, exactly. <laughs> like it, it's either going to be like a Harry Potter or Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it just like, it just really, it really hurt to see that stuff. Like it really yeah. hurts going past. Like someone said to me the other day, oh, oh hey, look, I, they sent me a photo of a court in Northwest London with a pyramid on it. And I'm like, and they're kind of like joking. They're like, oh man, this, they were like, hey, look, this is really bad. And what's funny is like, I kind of want to laugh at the same time because it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, like I'm genuinely sad about seeing it. Um, yeah. And whether or not it is the right thing to do to stop people from playing, it still hurts. Like, it hurts. Still yeah. really... What are they going to put spikes on a football pitch? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. like no. people it's are just... going to go do what they, I, I, and playing alone yeah. or, or just shooting with a friend. Like it's not just a five on five contact. There's so many ways to participate. It's, it's really sad. For sure. And so for individuals that are really desperate to train, I mean, the amount of people that I've had message me that are like, hey, do you know of any open courts? Yeah. You know, because they've seen that I've done this thing across London, a lot of people, are, you know, and, and kids, like they message me, DM me, whatever, like on Twitter or on Instagram, and they're just like, hey, look, do you know of any courts? Where can like, I go play? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. can I go and play? And that breaks my heart because that is what I'm trying to do. Yes. Generally, mm-hmm. is trying to get people to play and be active. So look, hopefully come April may when things start opening up again people will really get an opportunity to play and we can you know maybe we'll do it again you know maybe we'll do the net thing again but either way yeah either way i've now got an incredible list of courts around yes perfect you're the court king now yeah it's almost like oh i trained in this place i'm like yeah that's right by the left (laughs) you're like yeah i put that hoop up you're welcome i'm like hey look those are my stickers you know (laughs) (laughs) that's me so yeah so let's finish up on one last question. Um, you mentioned your, you know, your day job 
Um, you're in PR. So what advice would you give to British basketball players and teams as they, you know, try to build their brands? Where should they focus? How can they grow? Give us your professional opinion. Oh, wow. Okay. This is putting you on the spot here. Yeah, this is, this is interesting. I mean, to, to be honest with you, this is something that I'm trying to do myself. So, mm-hmm. so I think we all are. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is about trying to grow, but these are kind of various different elements or steps that I think really make a difference. So for me, growing the game generally, and not just from a BBL's perspective, but just everyone that wants this game mm-hmm. to grow in the UK. Yeah. Um, the first thing I would say is, um, is grassroots basketball mm-hmm. must, be, must be high on the list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I don't just mean schools. Like, I don't just mean that. I mean, literally courts, like outside courts. Yeah. And it's about showcasing people on those courts and players on those courts. And actually, you know, maybe if it was for BBL athletes to go down to those courts, to run free sessions, mm-hmm. um, you know, invite, it's about kind of local community. Yeah. But in that respect, also on the grassroots element, it's also about collaboration. Collaboration is absolutely essential as far as I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, every time, um, I try and run a new clinic. I always try and bring in new coaches mm-hmm. every time. So during the pandemic, I ran something called ISOFIT, right? Which was, I was originally going to call that COFIT19, but I realized that was a bit much. <laughs> um, but, but, but we called it ISOFIT. And so I had 14 skills and strength and conditioning coaches come online and literally coach me live. And then they each individually uh, filmed their own, you know, their own thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and they, they filmed their own thing and then we posted that up. Mm-hmm. And for me, that wasn't just about show us what's good. It was actually, can I help you get to a new audience? Yeah. Like, yeah. can I help showcase the quality? Because my belief is, and whether or not you believe this or not, but there are some incredible coaches mm-hmm. and incredible people in the community, in the basketball community in the UK. And one of the ways to grow the awareness of that is for them to collaborate yeah mm-hmm. certain basketball clubs or teams or academies and this is just from what i hear are quite siloed in their approach mm-hmm. and i think a collaboration is massive and look i mean that's what I, sometimes that's what i advise clients you know think yeah. about collaboration with like oh you're doing this report have you thought about bringing in a professor you know it's like a third mm-hmm. party expert have you thought about if you're doing this report have you thought about collaborating with a local school or a university to mm-hmm. try and engage them what about another business from a commercial aspect how will that help so i do think um you don't just have to do it yourself yeah you know, bringing other people bringing the other experts in you know yep. like you guys for example you know yeah from a TikTok, from a podcast from a social yeah. media perspective from a marketing perspective just bring people in and also ask the question mm-hmm. so this is this is actually something that i get asked a lot by people that want to run events Mm-hmm. so I've helped like a few people run their own events like around the UK just like we had calls and stuff and I just kind of give them some indication and um and they're like oh but I don't know whether I should message that person I'm like how do you know if you don't ask yeah like, how do you know if you don't if you're not reaching those people so again it's about thinking okay well who's it's not just about who's going to benefit me but how do we all benefit mm-hmm. so what can the BBL teams bring to that person that they want to bring in to help do that as well you know, we've yeah. seen that a lot. Um, and then, you know, from an awareness perspective, it's doing what you guys are doing, right? It's really pushing it out. It's creating loads of content mm-hmm. and really looking out there. Like, I mean, I'm, I need to practice more of doing that myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been kind of like busy creating different things. But yeah, I mean, like it's creating lots of different content and just giving it a go as well. Mm-hmm. I think my view is that some some people um, or clubs or whoever it might be are quite set in how they want to do stuff. And I think now is the time to just like have a go, like give it a go. like Experiment. Do- yeah. Push the boundaries, get the new audiences, yeah. go to new channels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Get, like, get like a crazy videographer that does like really random different shots of your players. Yeah. Like, get your players involved individually, I think, is really big. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think from, from the BBL perspective or any, honestly, at any level, the more you can get the engagement, you know, from what we call our stakeholders, right? Our core stakeholders, well, you've got your internal stakeholders, so these are your players, and then your external public as well. How are you going to get them to engage? And, you know, it's it's right now everyone needs a feel-good factor. So the more fun, mm-hmm. the more exciting, you know, the, you know, I'm always doing, well, I, I like to try and think, I'm more and more I've started to do more films and footage of like random stuff, right? So for example, it was snowing and like took my drone out and I just filmed the core. Mm -hmm. it just looks cool like it's just cool i like it i think it's fun do i know if people will respond or like i don't know you're looking at the target audience though so there are definitely people (laughs) out there if there's a hoop in your shot i'm gonna like it yeah yeah right 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 but for me it's just about um really just doing what you what what is enjoyable what's going to work and seeing what works Mm -hmm. if you keep on doing the same thing nothing's nothing's gonna work and actually just just do it like just go and do it yeah, yeah. try things a lot, a lot of people they have um you know they obviously have people that that need to they need to answer to sometimes you know depending on the level of the club or whatever it might be you know even at school level PE teachers need to yeah um need to listen but I think uh just giving it a go and speaking to people that that may have done it before or know mm-hmm. about it and then just just doing it now is the best time yeah, it's the absolute best time to be trying new things. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, that's great advice. Martin, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on the pod. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, my, my cheeks are now suddenly going really red because I realized I put the heating up really hard. <laughs> no worries. It's okay. Audio medium. And can't um, wait to where can the people, summer a bit. Yeah. Where can the people find you? Um, so on Twitter, I'm just at Martin Dion. That's just me. Um, on Instagram, it's at the GG3X3. Great. Um, and those are the two best bits. We're on Facebook as well, but most of the time, just all over there. And, you know, yeah. like if people want to talk about grassroots projects or they want to run their own tournaments, um, you know, in particular, one of the big things I'm going to be pushing is three-on-three basketball this year. Mm-hmm. Great. 3X3. And that is like, that's going to be massive over here. I mean, yeah, it can be a whole another podcast, but that's gonna be my. Let's do it. Me, you're gonna be seeing me do a lot, a lot of stuff in three x three basketball over the next year, so I'm super excited about that. So, yeah, hey. thank you very much. It's been really yeah. great. Thanks, yeah, Martin. thanks, Martin.